Our topic this week, out of the book of Nehemiah, chapter 6, Resisting Satan's Schemes. One of the things that Satan hates the worst is if we know his schemes, if we know his devices, we know how he works. And that's why he, he hates us, and that's why I'm not surprised that the cordless mic is not working tonight. <laughs> he does not want that message to get out. And that's one of the schemes that he does. That's one of the ways that he tries to silence God's messengers, trying to put roadblocks in the way of the proclamation of the gospel. Well, this chapter exposes some more of his devices and the ways he works. And this really the whole book, the whole book of Nehemiah, is an outline to help us to see what it's like to walk the walk, to build not literally necessarily the walls of Jerusalem, but to build up the people of Jerusalem, to build up God's work in the world, constantly meeting opposition and trials and problems. And that's what this whole book really is about. It's an explanation. It's a historical account of the type of battles, the type of scenarios that Nehemiah faced and that we face. And really, the whole book, the Bible, is all about that. It's about the struggle, the constant struggle that we battle against in this war against the devil. There is a devil, and that is really the bottom line of why bad things happen. And people could say, oh, why did God allow this? Well, the bottom line is that there is a Satan, there is a devil, and God is in war with the devil, and we are at war with the devil, and the devil hates us, and there are casualties along the way, but, but the battle is not the end. This life is not the end. God wins the war, the ultimate war, and it's staying on his side. And so just a little bit of a review of some of the battles that Nehemiah faced. It started off with fear, fear of going before the king. And he spent four months in prayer and planning of what he would say. And then that, that opportunity just came up in his face. The king asked him, and he was ready with a plan in place, and he had boldness to ask for the help. Another opposite was an internal fear, internal pressure that Satan was placing upon him. Then there was opposition when he shows up in the Holy Land that the the neighboring groups are not happy that he is there. They are displeased that someone came from Shushan to help the Jewish people. And so he melt that with prayer and planning and wisdom and searching out the city and looking at the city for three days and then presenting his plan to the Jewish people. And, uh, and, and, and so that took a lot of foresight because that could have been a, there could have been a lot of fear there on their part. And then came mocking, and that's one of the things Satan does to us. He mocks us. And so these, we'll see some of these names again today, Tobiah and others, they began to mock the Jews. Oh, you're going to build that wall? You don't know how to build that wall. You can't build that wall. Oh, even if a fox walks on that wall, it's going to fall over. And so mockings, and Satan will get people to mock us, to deride us, to deride God. God's name used in vain. People who don't believe in God use his name more often than believers use his name. And mock those and with bumper stickers, and it's absolutely horrible. I saw a bumper sticker, well, I'm seeing more and more of them using four-letter curse words openly on, on bumper stickers. It really should be a law against profanity, openly being read by eight-year-old kids. It's horrible. And so he mocks and they deride, and there's anti-Bible and anti-messages that he tries to deride and make it look down derision, even President of the United States deriding people who cling on to their Bibles. And so there's this derision 
and a mocking that Satan will use to try and discourage us and try and hide our faith. So how did Nehemiah deal with that? He prayed and he ignored that dealing. He didn't really address that at all. He just went into prayer and they continued working. And then there was a threat of violence. These same groups then went from mocking, started with words. The Holocaust Museum in St. Petersburg was just painted with, with uh, anti-Semitic words this week. Starts with words and then they follow it up with violence. And so the anti-Semitism, the denial of the Holocaust, these various things, they're very real and just like Hitler started with his book, My Comp, and then followed it up with actions. It started with threatenings, started with words and mockings, and then they followed up with violence. They got an army together to attack the city. And how was that met? Nehemiah met it with prayer. And in defensive positioning, he got all the people to stand on the wall with, with, ar with uh, armed, with uh, shields and swords, and prepared to defend themselves. Thankfully, they didn't have to. They scared them off because they were prepared and God was on their side. And there was internal fears, the people fearing, oh no, they're going to come and attack us again, they're going to attack us at night, they're going to get us, oh no, oh no, oh no. And there were internal fears among the people taking place, among the community, among the builders. There were fears, and Nehemiah met this by encouraging them to remember how God has worked in the past, how God has led, that he has part of the Red Sea, that he has done these wonderful things, that he is on our side he has called us to do this. He has prophesied for us to do this. And that we should do this and that we should move on and continue on by faith, trusting in the Lord. And then there were internal divisions between the poor and the rich and those who were taking advantage of, of those who, who were in need because of the famine and, and lost their, their, their farms as a result. And so he met that by prayer, justice, and judgment. Those are some of the things that we will face in our lives. As we try and move forward with God, there will be internal fears in our own minds. There will be internal fears in, with those that we are working with. There will be opposition among family members in home families and congregational families. There will be threats from outside and mockings from outside. That's to be expected. That's just normal. That's how it's been since the beginning of time. Every time God is on the move and people are willing to follow God, there's always opposition. Cain was not happy that Abel was offering a sacrifice that was pleasing to God. Why should that bother him what Cain is doing? Or rather, what Abel's doing? Cain, you don't want to do that? You don't want to offer the right sacrifice? Well, that's fine, then don't. But why does it bother you that Abel is offering the right one? But that's how it is. Satan is not happy when people are obedient to God. And it disturbed him so much that he killed his brother over it. And so we should not expect any different now. We should not be surprised that the same thing happens today. And so that's what led up to the story. And that's just some of the things we've seen already. Now we're going to see in this chapter several more condensed in this one chapter of Satan's schemes and how we can meet them like Nehemiah did. So Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1 when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the three stooges, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, though at, at that time I had not hung the doors and the gates, and Sanballat and Geshem sent to me, saying, 
Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no is right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so they try. They try mocking and teasing and deriding and then violence and war and swords and spears. And, and now, oh, well, let's just make peace. Let's have a peace agreement. Let's get along. Let's have a truce. Let's sign some documents, kiss and make up. That's what they said. Come and meet with us in the village of Ono. We want to be your friends. So how did Nehemiah deal with this? But they thought to do me harm. So I sent messages to them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? How did he know that they were thought to do him harm? They sent this nice letter and this invitation to come down and let's be friends. Let's have some Oslo Accords here, you know. It's, well, how did he know that they were thinking to do him harm? Divine revelation. He was a praying man. We've seen that over and over and over again. The Holy Spirit impressed him. Do not trust them. And we have to be in tune with God. We have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit to know. Because yes, there are times where there are true repentance, but they didn't. They didn't. Some, we're sorry we mocked you. We're sorry that we got the army. We're sorry that we tried to kill you. <laughs> None of that. Just come and meet with us. And if he would have done that, they would have killed him or imprisoned him under false charges to try and stop the work. And he realized it, was in tune with it, and he did not go down. I am doing a good work. And if we are about the Lord's work, if we are about the Lord's business, if we're doing what God has called us to do, again, we should expect and we will meet opposition. But we cannot allow that to deride us from the work, to, to get us off the work, to get us off the wall, to get us off God's plan, to get us off God's path. And there'll be lots of different ways. And again, we've just seen some of them. And some of it will be by peace and safety. Some will be by, hey, why can't you just come after work? You know, a bunch of us are getting together. You know, can't you just come and hang out with us? You know, where they tell the dirty jokes and curse and drink and get uh, commit adultery and all kinds of things. Can't you come and join us? Why can't you come and join us? Well, there are times where we need to go and be a living witness. And there are times where we need to say, oh, no. We need to know when is the right. And one of the ways to know is, are we going to be more of an influence there? Are we going to be an influence for good? Are we going to be a light for good? Are we going to impact their life and lift them up and draw them to God? Or are they going to draw me down and destroy my witness for God? Is it going to be a stumbling block to me or others? Others might see me doing it and they may try the same thing. And they might stumble. How will it affect the building of the wall? How will, it affect, how will it affect God's work? How will it affect God's kingdom? We need to be in tune again with the Holy Spirit to know these temptations, these attempts to unite together with them when really their intent is not good. Their intent is not to know God. Their intent is not to become our friend. Intent. And again, in and of themselves, they might have nice people, they might be nice people, and they might want to just be friendly. But what is Satan's intent 
on stirring them up to invite us to compromising positions and to yield and to come into harmony with those who do not love God. Again, we need to be a shining witness. We need to be interacting. We need to be where people are who don't know the Lord, but we need to be a shining light. Not there hiding God's light under a basket. And they were asking him to come for not good purposes. They thought to do him harm. And Satan wants to do us harm, and he wants to hinder God's work and stop God's work and slow down God's work. And so there'll be invitations. I'm going to be right in the middle. There's seven days of the week, but that invitation comes right during service time. Right? Why the hell does that happen? How's that come? Constant attempts to try and get us off from God's work, from God's plans. And Satan knows, and that's what he is attempting to do. And that's the real source of all the problems. It's not so much the Geshems and the Tobias and, and the Sam Ballots. They're just people that Satan is manipulating and using. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and dark places that use humans, sometimes knowingly, sometimes unknowingly. So you would not leave. I'm not going to leave the wall. And that needs to be our answer. If we're about God's work, then we can answer that sincerely. God is doing a great work through me. I cannot stop it. I need to be about his business. So how do they respond to that? They sent me this message four times, and I answered them in the same manner. Don't expect them to give up just once. We need to be consistent. We need to be based on principle and stick to principle and not yielding. And it's hard to say no four times. It's hard for people to say no one time. No is a very hard word to say, unless you're a little kid. <laughs> you know, but for, for adults, it's very hard for them to say no. Someone inviting and, and trying to be nice and, oh, I need help. And, you know, can't you work just this one Sabbath? We're, we're short on help. And, can't, and they'll just keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. Try and get us to yield. But if we compromise once, if Nehemiah would have compromised once, if he would have yielded went once and went down to that village in the plain of Ono, it would have been no good. It would have been disastrous. We need to be in tune and consistent and on guard always against the schemes of the devil. God never sleeps nor slumbers. I don't know if the devil ever takes a nap, but if not him, he's got plenty of others who are always 24 hours watching and trying to find us to trip us up when we're weak. We need to be with our clothes on all the time, ready at all times, armored at all times with the Word of God, with the Spirit of God, with faith, with prayer, with salvation, and the Gospel. Be consistent. Verse 5, Samballot sent his servant the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. And it said, It is reported among the nations that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumors, you are rebuilding the wall, that you may be their king. You have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king. So come, therefore, and let us consult together. That is flat-out evil. They're lying and they know it. False news, false reporting, 
blatant lies, and they're saying it anyway. Collusion, 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 whatever. They, just, they know it's false. They know it's a lie. And telling it anyway to try and trip him up. To try and get him up. Because in an open letter, so they come and they're reading it, proclaiming it. Oh, they're up on the walls, they're proclaiming, oh, we hear you're building these, these walls because you want to make this a new kingdom. You're going to proclaim yourself king. You've got people who are going to proclaim yourself king. And you're going to rebel against the king of Medo-Persia. What would happen if someone took that message back to Shushan, to King Artaxerxes? And he suspected that there were two, three witnesses, false witnesses, falsely testifying. And he suspected even that there was rebellion, that his um, wine, wine uh, giver, the guy who brought the wine, whatever, cupbearer, that his cupbearer went there with planning sedition. That he knew the inside realm, he knew the inside court, he knew what's happening inside, he knew the people inside, he had connections inside, and now he goes there, he builds this wall, and he's rebelling, and he's planning an insurrection. Nehemiah would be called home real quick, and imprisoned, waiting trial, and a few false witnesses would have had him killed, had him hung. This is dangerous business here. These guys mean business. They will kill and not care. And this happens today all the time. People disappear, people get killed, even in this country. Suicide, the person wasn't suicidal. Mysterious car accident, mysterious plane crash. Mysterious accidents happen. And people just... And certainly in other countries as well. It's a wicked, wicked world we live in. just so that they don't build a wall, just so that they don't have... What do they care? they got all these surrounding areas. Sam Bali, he's got his own place. Tobiah, he's got his own place. Geshem and all these other guys, the Ammonites, they all got their own places. What do they care about this city? What do they care they got a wall around their city now? That's the way of evil. It is not happy with us being about God's business. And they will lie about us. They'll make stuff up. With no bearing, no weight, no, no foundation to it. And then proclaim it. Post it on Facebook, post it on whatever social media, post it, say it, proclaim it, gossip it, spread it. With no foundation. It's horrible. It's a horrendous world we live in. And that's murder in itself, right? Killing someone's reputation. And that's what they're trying to do here, but even more so, they're wanting to kill the guy himself and to stop the work. We're going to, feed up, we're going to meet opposition all along the way. Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour because he knows his time is short. And he wants to bring down with him as many as possible. We need to be on guard. We're in a war. We're in a very real war. So how does Nehemiah meet this problem? I sent to them saying, no such thing as you are saying be, are being done, but you invented them in your own heart. So he went to Twitter or whatever and he posted out there. 
No, you're lying. <laughs> That's not true. You made that up yourself. You're proclaiming, you're projecting your own feelings upon myself. That's what you want to do. You want to have an insurrection. You want to be king. That's what you would do if you were in my position. That's what you would do if you had the ability to build the walls and build strength. That's not what I'm doing, and that's what a lot of people do. They will accuse us of the very thing that they would do in the like circumstance, in like situation. They don't know God. Devising of evil hearts, Satan. Stirring people up. Satan is the one who's a liar. He's a liar from the beginning. He goes forth. He's a murderer from the beginning. He goes forth thinking to, to devour, to kill, to maim, to destroy. Nehemiah faced it straight on. I mean, that was pretty heavy. He could have begged them, please don't, please don't. Look, I'll pay you. Just don't save that. Don't let that go. Whatever it takes here, I'll give you some money. Just be quiet. Let's cover it up. We know it's not true. Still, a lot of people have to do that. A lot of people who can't fight the court battle. A lot of companies can't fight the court battle, even though it's totally false. Some small little company try, tries to invent something better than, than the big company that has a similar product. And they'll say, oh, they stole our information. And they'll take them to court. And it'll cost them millions of dollars to fight, and the small company doesn't have millions of dollars. And it puts them out of business, even though it was all a fabricated lie, and the big company knew it. Nehemiah faced it. He didn't yield. He didn't compromise. He just let them know. You're lying. I'm not going to stand for it. You've invented these in your own heart. And he let everyone else know as well. There's time where we need to defend our character for God's honoring glory. He wouldn't do that for just for himself. There, and then verse 9. They all are trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and it will not be done. Oh God, strengthen my hands. So he met it head on. He rebuked them. He called them liars. He called them what they were. And then he went into prayer. Again, we see him praying, praying, praying since the very beginning of the book. And that is the key. That is all prayer. That is is the covering over all the armor that God gives us. Prayer. Be in prayer. Sword of the Spirit without prayer is a dull sword. You need to have prayer. Be in prayer. And so, Lord, they're trying to weaken our hands, so instead strengthen our hands. So he met it with determination, not backing down. Double up the energy, double up the work. Moving forward even stronger than before. Not yielding, not compromising, not backing down, not, oh no, they're going to do me harm and they're going to do me more harm and if I don't shut up, they're going to cancel me. I'll be quiet, I'll be good. Some guy, I don't know who that on earth he is, he said this week something, uh, he called Taiwan a nation. Sounds okay to me. Wasn't okay to the CCP. They put a lot of pressure on him, and there he was. He had to, in Chinese, read out this statement of apology and groveling. Speaking truth and being intimidated. Cannot allow, when it comes to God's word, especially, 
not to yield to pressure, to back down, and to speak God's truth in love, with a burden for the lost, and caring for their souls and their salvation, putting God first and others second, and us a far last, but not yielding, not backing down, not apologizing for doing God's work, for speaking God's truth. Oh God, strengthen our hands. Strengthen the work. He wouldn't have been able to do this work without God. Without God's strength, without God's power. And we won't be able to either. Building up the walls of Jerusalem. Afterward, I came to the house of Shemaiah, who was a secret informer. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. And let us close the doors of the temple for they are coming to kill you. Indeed, at night they will come to kill you. So Nehemiah knows this guy. He goes to his house. They were friends in friendly terms. This guy's within the city. He's among the Jewish people. He's a Jewish person. He's an ally of Nehemiah. And so he gives them the secret information. I found out they're going to try and kill you. Come, let's go into the temple. Let's hide in the temple. They won't be able to come and get you in the temple. You're important to the work. You're the leader here. We can't do this without you. We need you. You need to be safe. You need to be secure. You need to be alive. Come and hide in the temple. Because they're coming to kill you. Even tonight, they're going to come and kill you. What does Nehemiah do? I said, should such a man as I flee? And who is there such as I who would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. This guy is something. This guy is amazing, right? I mean, he just, he does, he is strong character. I'd rather die than look like a coward. I'd rather die than turn my back and flee and run and leave the people to themselves. He saw right through it. Again, how did he see right through it? The Holy Spirit. Prayer. God speaking to his soul, revealing this guy's true character. And this guy, again, is a, an ally, a friend. We're the good guys in the same political party, rooting him on. But in reality, was not. Nehemiah says, then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, but that he had pronounced this prophecy against me because of Tobiah and Sembalat had hired him, that I should be afraid and act that way and sin, so that they might have cause for an evil report, that they might reproach me. This guy knew what he was doing. He took a payoff to try and get Nehemiah to compromise. Nehemiah would have gone and hid himself to save his life. What do you think everybody standing on the walls risking their lives would have done? These guys out on the walls, they're gold, they're not builders, they're not army, they're, they're goldsmiths, we've read, and perfumers, and merchants, and daughters, and, 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 and religious leaders. And there they are risking their life with a sword in one hand and a tool in another building the wall. And if Nehemiah would have gone and hidden the temple, they would have all ran to their homes, they would have ran to the caves, they all would have ran and hid under the earth. And the work would have stopped. 
And that's exactly what these guys want. You see, every, they're trying attempt after attempt, all these different ways. If this doesn't work, we'll try this. If this doesn't work, we'll try this. If this doesn't work, we'll try this. And that's exactly what we're seeing happening in front of us as well. Attempt after attempt after attempt after attempt to try and stop God's work and stop the building of the wall. Literally. <laughs> but, uh, figuratively, Nehemiah building the wall. And God's work moving forward to stop God's work. And Nehemiah was in tune to it. And we need to be in tune. We need to be in prayer. Even when it comes from so-called religious leaders, religious prophets, religious brothers and sisters, using religious words and religious garments and quoting portions of Bible text as Satan did to Yeshua in the wilderness. We need to know the word, the full word, not just a portion, not a here or there, the whole word of God. To balance it all out. Not just being deceived by some hard to understand verse in and of itself, but link it together with the entire Bible and the character of God brought out through the whole Word of God. To know God's truth and to walk into God's, in God's truth. God doesn't call us to run away, but to stand, doing all that we can by God's power, by God's strength, stand and continue to stand and to face the enemy head on. Satan will get us running and gets us running all the time. Oh, we'll leave this job, or we'll leave this school, or we'll leave this home, we'll leave this apartment, we'll leave this town, we'll leave this condo, we'll leave this congregation, because so-and-so said something, because so-and-so did something, because so-and-so didn't do something, and we run. And you know that person then just follows us. They might have changed their name, but it's, it's still the same person. They might look different, it might not be a male, or now might be a female. Might be young, he was old, and, but it's the same character. Is the devil still just following us around? And that worked that last place. I'll just keep him running. I'll keep him running the rest of his life if that's all it takes. If that's the button it takes to push, he'll just push that button all the time. And Nehemiah would not run. He did not go and run and hide in the temple. He faced God's work. He was about God's business. He was on God's wall and he was doing a good work. And he was not going to stop, even if it meant his own life. Even if it meant his own reputation. It would have meant some fake peace deal. It was not going to stop God's work. And it continued on. And he goes into prayer again. My God, remember Tobiah and Sambalat according to these, their works, and the prophetess, Nodiah, and the rest of the prophets who would have made me afraid. So not just this one guy he goes to visit, then this lady also, and other prophets, a whole slew of them. Teaching false doctrines. Doctrines of devils. To try and get us off God's path. We need to be in tune with God's word. And we need to have a lot of discernment, spiritual discernment, to be able to know truth from error. And not just listen to everything and just go out there into the, and throw everything into the pot and just listen to every wind of doctrine that's out there. will be blown all over the place. And have a consistent, everything coming together in harmony together. 
all the teachings making sense and connecting together. Yeshua as the center and all hubs of the wheel rolling and moving together. Not conflicting, not contradicting, but God's thread of truth all throughout everything. The gospel and a red thread of truth, the blood of Messiah all throughout everything and every teaching. Not to encourage us to fear, not to encourage us to compromise, not to encourage us to disobey God's word, not some cheap grace, not some half gospel, but the full word of God. Not a 125th or one fourth, rather, 20, 25% of, of the Bible, but all the Bible. The whole word of God. All of it. Not nine commandments or no commandments, but all the commandments. All of God's word. And so Satan will stir up on the outside. He will stir up problems, the rich and the poor. He'll stir up problems of fear. He will stir up problems of false teachings. And we need to be on guard. And then his prayer here is, hold them to their works, O God. Remember them, those that made me afraid. Deal with them, judge them. Powerful prayer. God, strengthen my hands and deal with them. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah. This is out of the order of the Bible, but I've moved it up here. Keep it together this way. So also in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and the letters of Tobiah came to them. For many in Judah were pledged to him because he was a son-in-law of this Shehekin, not, not, I don't know, whatever. And the son of this other guy had married the daughter of this other guy. And also they reported the good deeds before me and reported my words to him. And Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. So here's these people in Jerusalem, these Jewish people, who are communicating with Tobiah, who's been mocking and then threatening and then raising an army and then trying to kill the leader and then lying about him. And they're communicating with him. They're buddies with him. They're telling him what Nehemiah is doing. They're coming to Nehemiah and saying, oh, look at his good deeds. He is a good guy. Look at he did this and look at he did that. And oh, he helped here and oh, he donated here. And the guy's a dirty rat. Evil to the core. And yet they're compromising. And they're trying to get Nehemiah and then they're trying to frighten Nehemiah with his words. Why on earth would they do that? Because he's intermarried with someone there. He's married someone's daughter who's an inner circle and influential person. And he's got ties and he's got influence. And he paid off a prophetess and a prophet. And several of them. So he's got money, he's got means, he's got influence. These are self-hating people. If they let Tobiah have his way, their walls would be broken down. The army would come in and kill them. They'd continue to live in... Poverty and in fear. Sometimes we are our own worst enemies. 
absolutely amazing to me what religious leaders are doing now, bending over backwards to appease the world, to compromise with the world, to teach what the world is saying, to teach what the world is saying on the news, to tell us that boys are not boys and girls are not girls, to tell us there's many kind of genders. And they believe in science and deny science. Totally ridiculous, absolute craziness that's happening in the world today. What's worse is it's happening within religious leaders spouting the same garbage and yielding to every dictate to try and shut down God's work over false lies. It's horrible enough when the world is doing it. It's worse when people of God are going along with it because we've sold our souls for some tax exemption or some other compromise. Oh, they're going to shut us down. They're not going to shut God's work down. God's work will go forward with us or without us. God's work has continued since the beginning of time under nations and under countries and under dictators and under systems that have closed down, tried to close down God's word, tried to burn God's word, tried to eliminate God's word, and God's work has continued on. We cannot yield. We cannot compromise with the world. It will chew us up. They want harm, not peace. They want to destroy and stop. Water it down. There's no watering it down in the blood of Messiah. There's no watering down of God's truth. There's no watering down of his law written in stone. Do not yield, do not compromise to falsehood slowing down to stopping the building of God's work here on earth. We're seeing it from without, we're seeing it from within. And that's exactly what Nehemiah saw. It's exactly what he experienced. And that's the exact lesson we need to learn today of these different schemes of the devil to try and stop God's work. It's going to take determined effort. There were martyrs down through the ages. God's work has moved forward, but it's moved forward under the blood of Messiah and the blood of martyrs. For God's people laying themselves down as bridges for the truth to continue to march on. It's going to take sacrifice on our part, but so be it. We're just passing through this earth anyway. Heaven is our goal. That's where our reward is. Not here on earth. Not the praises of this world. Not the praises of the news media. Not the praises of the government. It's the affirmation of God that counts. And that's all that counts. We serve him and him alone. We can pledge allegiance to our flag. I can make a covenant with my wife. But God is still supreme over it all. And if anyone asks us to compromise with that, God comes first. And God's rule and God's ways and God's word trumps it all. Nothing else matters beyond that. As long as all our other commitments are in harmony with God's word, then that's fine and good, and we can make commitments as well. But God's commitment is first and paramount over them all. That's how Nehemiah lived. 
Again, these were real threats. Anytime they sent a message to the king, it would have been over. He faced it anyway. He faced it courageously. And won. And the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. So how long did it take to build the walls? How long? 52 days? No. No, we've been reading the book of Nehemiah. We've been reading the Bible. It took 100 years and 52 days, give or take. They've been building that wall and building that wall and building that wall since Cyrus said you can go back and build the wall. And it took all of those events. It took the, uh, I'm forgetting all their names right now, right? But it took the prophets that prophesied through that time and, and, um, and, and, and Yeshua, the, the, the Kohen Gadol, and Zerubbabel, and, um, and Ezra, and Esther, and Nehemiah, and the prophets that were there during uh, Zerubbabel's time, I think maybe Zechariah, took all of them to build to this point. Thus, none of us get any credit for anything we do, because everything that God does through us is all built on what God has been doing long before we were born, long before we came on the scene. Some plant, some till, some sow, some reap. God gets all the honor and glory. Right? And so this part of it took 52 days, yes. And that's amazing. That's miraculous. Under all of this opposition that we've just been recounting, that's a lot. And so in the next two months, don't be surprised if you face all of these things, if you're about God's work. That's a lot in two months' time. And so we should expect it. Don't be surprised. The last two months have been like going through hell. Well, then, hey, praise the Lord, just don't stop. Just keep going right through hell. <laughs> It'll come out on the other side. And that's what Nehemiah did. He never stopped. Kept on moving, kept on building. And in less than two months, they finished the wall. And praise the Lord for that. One of the poor, I'm going to go back a slide when it's saying, when it said that the reason that these people were compromising with Tobiah was because he was intermarried. We need to be, that's one of the reasons we saw back in Ezra that Ezra was ripping his hair out and ripping his clothes when he heard the people were intermarrying with those that are unequally yoked. It's very dangerous. It destroys, it destroys the situation. Here they were willing to surrender their governor and the building of their wall in their city. Because of this, they compromise, and once we compromise, it's compromise, it's compromise, it's compromise. It will bring us down. And that's not only in marriage, although marriage is certainly an important application of that, but also in our business dealings, don't be unequally yoked with those who will not be in harmony with how God's business should be run in various different forms, in various different contracts and things we set in our life. We need to be very careful about who we join ourselves up with and align ourselves with because we could be forced or influenced to compromise as a result. And again, I think that's having a big influence on God's work 
in this country and around the world today. Okay, and then verse 16, And it happened when all our enemies heard of it, and all the nations around us saw these things, that they were very disheartened in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was done by our God. They could see this is amazing. Look, this is 52 days. We tried, we tried, we tried. We couldn't do it. We are disheartened, but it must have been their God who did it. And that's miraculous. They, you know, they spewed out of their mouth. And every knee will bow, and every knee will confess that Yeshua is Lord, but not in repentance. Judas threw down the coins, I have betrayed an innocent man, but not in repentance. So they're acknowledging, they, are, they perceive that this was done by God, but they're not in repentance. They're not wanting to unite with this God. And how many doctors and how many physicians have said, I have no idea how that happened. That, that, that tumor is gone. I don't know. We saw it there on the x-ray. We had that right here. Prayed for a lady. She was going in the next weekend. On Monday, we saw on Saturday. She went in. She had the x-ray. They had all the stuff and scans and everything. And they went in to do that. There was nothing there. No idea how. Must have been God. Must have been those prayers. Will that doctor come to services next week? I haven't seen him yet. I know a lady. She was pregnant. And she had a placenta preview, which means the placenta was in the wrong place and they couldn't deliver the baby normally, so they would have to do a C-section. It wasn't life-threatening, but it was inconvenient. She had to remain laying down. She couldn't have an early pregnancy. And, uh, but they prayed. You know the people? You know the situation? I know the boy, now a big man. And, uh, and they prayed. And then she went in for the... They did another uh, scan. They did another ultrasound. And the guy's trying to explain. He says, "I don't. I'm looking at the, the, the placenta, and now it. But it's, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, you can't move the placenta. You know, <laughs> you can't just move it. They couldn't do it surgically. It's not possible. It doesn't move." He said, "It was way down. And now it's way up here." I, and he just kept fumbling and fumbling and fumbling. They said, "Well, we've been praying." <laughs> that guy come to services now. <laughs> How they can look at a human body and the amazing, intricate things. How everything is pieced together. It's absolutely miraculous. How a flower can come from a seed, little seed, and then bust up through the ground and become a beautiful flower of all different kinds of colors, all that in that little seed. And then some bug knows to come over there and pollinate that thing. How did that bug know to come and pollinate that thing? There wouldn't be any flowers if the bugs weren't pollinating them and making more flowers. So which came first, the bug that pollinates the, the flower or the flower that feeds the bug? You can't have one without the other. I mean, that's a simple thing. That's a simple question. Which came first, the bug or the, or the uh, flower? They had to be together. They had to be there at the same time. They can't explain that. But will they come to God and acknowledge God? No. They will perceive this was done by something we can't figure out, but they won't surrender to God. We need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit because naturally, our hearts are enmity against God, and we will have a natural resistance against him. It's a miracle of God that we sit and read the word of God, that we believe in God, and we see his work in our lives. It's by the grace of God that we are here. So let's review these things. Satan starts with fear, started with fear upon Nehemiah, fear of the king, fear of what he's going to say. 
But he persevered in prayer, planning boldness, and asking for help. There was opposition as soon as he started the work. Oh, we're not happy he's here. But he prayed and he planned and he used wisdom of God. And they started mocking him. He went to prayer and ignored their mockings and continued on. They threatened violence. He went into prayer and prepared defensively against their attacks. We need to be in tune with all of these things. Fears from among the people. People wanting to give up. People wanting to give in. People wanting to throw in the towel. He met it by encouraging them to remember how God has led in the past. When Satan tries to get us fearful of moving forward, fearful of the consequences, fearful, won't be able to buy or sell, won't be able to provide for my family, won't be able to do this, won't be able to do that, won't be able to fly, won't be able to ever take a cruise again, won't be able to, oh my, end of the world. Remember God. God is almighty. God comes first. Internal divisions, internal problems, we need by prayer, we need to seek justice and judgment, counsel and wisdom. That's how he handled it. Satan will stir up false conciliatory reconciliation. Let's make up, again, without repentance. Don't yield for it, no. It's a false offer of reconciliation. Don't go for it. Even their persistent naggings, no, no, no. Because they came to him five times, so it'd be no, 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 no. False accusations against us, call them out for what they are. Threatenings, threatening to lie about us to so-and-so and lying about to do this, or yield, or otherwise we're going to do this, we're going to do that. We're going to sue you, we're going to do this. Prayer, persistently move forward. Enticing us to run, don't run, refuse to run, and continue in prayer. When they ask us to partner with evil, be unequally yoked with this world, don't be unequally yoked. Remain pure, remain united with God. God is a jealous God. doesn't want us to unite with any that are not in his family. So if any of those areas you're going through, if you're under persecution, if you're experiencing fear, if you're under experiencing opposition, if someone's mocking you, teasing you for your faith, if someone's trying to get you to compromise and come over to the dark side, or any of these areas apply to you, if anyone's threatening you, lying about you, past or present, and then trying to get you to run, say it, Satan in your mind, trying to get opposition in the congregation, getting you to fight in your family, trying to get you to fight here locally, trying to cause division. Do not let it. Do not let it. They're trying to pressure you. Do not yield. Stand firm in the faith. Hold fast. Any of those areas apply to you tonight? Let's let God do his work and make us like a Nehemiah the wisdom of God and the strength of God to continue in God's work. Trying to get you to come down off the wall and to stop God's work? Do not yield. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, we are thankful for your work in this earth. 
We're thankful, Lord, for your work down through the ages. Thank you, Lord, that they, even though they try to imprison us and enslave us, you've set us free. Even though they've tried to annihilate us and kill us, you have continued us on. Even though they've tried to stop your work and hinder your work and burn your Bibles, thank you that you are still alive and your word is still alive. Thank you, Lord, that you are everlasting and thank you that with us or without us, you will continue to the end and you will do mightily. So, Lord, unite us with you, hold us fast to you, remove the fears in our minds, deal with our enemies, silence them, bring the reproach back on them, defend our reputation, defend our name, defend our cause, defend your work, defend your servants. And Lord, if you allow us to die or be martyrs, well, may we be faithful to the end, with your name on our lips, to the very end. Lord, deliver us from the internal fears and the external fears. Deliver us from the infighting and deliver us from false teachings and false doctrines. Deliver us from confusion. Forgive us for times in the past where we've compromised, where we've yielded, where we have been bought out, where we've sold out. where we have surrendered to the enemy, where we have compromised on truth. Thank you, Yeshua, for your death and burial and resurrection to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Live inside us and make us like Nehemiah's. We want the Holy Spirit. Lord, give us the Holy Spirit. Give us that spiritual discernment to know your way and to know your work and to know what to say and to be instant in season, out of season, and to be always ready to give a, a report for our faith. Give us firmness and determination to not yield and to continue in your work, united together, working together, bringing justice and judgment in the land and protection from without. In Yeshua's holy name, amen.